Welcome to the Equipping for Life podcast by Pastor Tony Paolo. Listen as Pastor Tony provides tactical tools to overcome obstacles in your everyday life. It's time for mission. Stop crying. I kind of had fun preaching at the first service, and you'll see why. Um, first, anyway, scripture says, Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. All right, why? This is what the word of the Lord says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Great story. When I read this, when you look at it in context, it's the Israelites were feeling, no, actually they weren't feeling, they were stuck. They were stuck. And the last thing I want God to say to me as I'm crying out to him is stop crying out to me. But yet that's what he says to Moses, stop crying out to me, which to me, Pastor West, seems kind of lack of empathy-ish. You know what I'm saying? Like some, for some people, let me stop my timer. For some people, for some people, I can do this. For some people, you want to say, stop your whining, which Moses really wasn't crying. Moses was whining, which is really unacceptable. After, when you look at it in context, he's given a whole slew of the promises of God. God says, I will deliver you. I delivered you out of Egypt. And the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And then they start whining. So, but this is what happens when you live in fear. When you begin to live in fear, you begin saying things that don't match his word. When you begin to live in fear, you begin thinking things that don't match his word. This is important now. And don't think of it as, no, I don't struggle with fear. If you have thoughts, if you use words that don't match covenant, then that's fear. And this is what happened in Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 now. Pharaoh, the Bible says, Pharaoh and the Egyptians marched after them, and they were terrified. And then this is what they said to Moses. First thing they said is, you should have let us die in Egypt. You should have let us die in the desert. Secondly, he said, didn't we say to you, leave us in Egypt? And then lastly, they said, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. See, what fear does Fear makes you want to go back instead of forward. Fear makes you reminisce about the past. Fear makes the past a little bit more appetizing than it does the future. And maybe you don't say, I want to go back to my days of addiction. But maybe you say something like, I didn't have this problem when I was back then. I have a different set of problems, but I was able to drown my sorrows in my, my addiction. So think about it now. They had this fear, they were stuck, and they began saying things that were just completely nonsense. Even though the reality is God said, don't be afraid, stand firm, you'll see the deliverance of the Lord, and the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And then in verse 15, well, actually, let's look at it not only in the NIV, but also in the, the Living Translation. Look at the Living Translation. Quit praying. 
Now, I'm not used to reading that. Quit praying and get the people moving. And the reason why God said that is because they began to complain about things that God said he would do. Okay? Now, it sounds, like I said before, it sounds kind of like a lack of empathy. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago I took a test. Um, yeah. Uh, with Dr. Michael Caparelli. He's a PhD psychologist, you know, all that stuff, behavioral expert. And I took a test, and it was an empathy test to see how much empathy I had. Can I, can I be honest? Yes. I, Angie, I scored low on that test. Some of you are like, yeah, that makes sense. Some of you are like, no. Yeah. So, but I scored, so there's different labels of empathy. So there was emotional empathy, James, that I scored really low, but practical empathy, I scored very high. So if you're on the side of the road crying over a flat tire, I'm not going to cry with you. I'll change it for you. So that's the practical, which really counts. Doesn't it count? Yes. Amen. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. So with this here, even I think that's a little harsh. You see the people that don't know me think lack sympathy but the people who know me say pastor tony you have empathy you just have a low tolerance for excuses somebody say oh snap and that is true i have a very low tolerance for excuses and this was the moment where god said listen i'm going to do what i said what i was going to do i promise you i'm going to deliver you you'll never see the egyptians again and 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 then when you come to me saying pastor tony i'm dealing with sadness and i'm dealing with fear and then i ask you when was the last time you read your bible and you say it's been a while i'm not going to address the fear i'm going to address the disobedience i'm not going to cradle you and say you're feeling sad? I'll give you a little huggy teddy bear, Sean. Come here, Sean. Come here, come here, come here, buddy. Feely, 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 feely. I'm going to say, read your Bible. You get what we're doing here? Because really, God wasn't addressing an emotional issue that was a result of a lack of faith. So if you have an emotional issue that's resulting of a lack of reading your Bible, we're not going to address the symptom. We're going to address the core. So I got people telling me, I read my Bible. It doesn't work. Oh, you don't work. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It sounds kind of sound lack of empathy, doesn't it? <laughs> so when I read this, I'm like, yo, I love this scripture here. Quit praying. Now, other Hebrew, uh, the, the other, there's other Hebrew versions that say it this way. Why are you praying to me? Why do you keep calling on me for help? Lastly, this is the last one. Stop praying like I didn't give you a promise. So I'm like, oh, snap. I'm like, this is real here. You're whining. First of all, there's never a time where you're allowed to complain. We should have an article right now. People, you know, vent, share your emotions, share your feelings. Sure, absolutely. Come and see Pastor Mike. I'm, I'm, I was going to say nothing, but I, I was going to talk about me and my, my listening skills, but maybe we shouldn't go there. We don't have time. If, we, if you're giving me more time, I would do it. You give me more time? No, so to 11 minutes left. Listen. So God is saying, listen, this last one, stop praying to me like I didn't give you a promise. This, this is it now. This is it. 
you're coming to me struggling as a result of not taking care of some foundational stuff. And because you're not taking care of your foundational stuff in your struggle, you want me to erase the struggle without taking care of the foundation. When the foundation is the most important part of your life. The foundation is the most important part of the building. And you want to, you want to, you know what? You just want to be rescued without having a revelation. Rescue me, don't rebuke me. Give me the meal, I don't want the message. Give me the embrace, I don't want to have to change. So this is where God says, quit your whining and your crying and let's move on. I got to tell you, the law of being a disciple means that anywhere God leads you, he's going to fulfill his promises on your life. And God never brings his people into a position where retreat is one day necessary. I, I, I just want to be known right now as a church of many women of God that just don't quit. We will not back down. Don't tell me to shut up, quiet down, calm down, back down, or do anything. I'm going to advance. When we look at scripture, God never gives up real estate. God takes real estate. God never says, let's decrease, calm down. We need to settle down. God says, move forward. The only surrender I will display is surrender to his will. The only half, half, the only, the, the only thing about the promises of God is that they are yes and amen. And I know, just like the, the people of Israel, I know you're stuck. And some of you are feeling stuck right now. The Red Sea before you, the Egyptians behind you. you got, that's the fact. But it's not the truth. The fact is what you see. The truth is a set of principles that you live by. And so not only does he say, stop your whining, he says, what do you have in your hand? See, everything that you need, you already have. I want to say that again. If you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, if you are living under the mantle of obedience, everything that you need, Scripture says that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and living. Right now, you have it. The power of the Spirit. God has loaded you up with his promises. I want you to think about when you get that baked potato at Wendy's. You want that loaded? Texas, oh my, don't, I only have, I'm on my time limit. I can't use any stories or illustrations. I can throw in a joke. Texas Roadhouse, all right, somebody give me permission. That's, I want you to think of that. God has loaded you up in his promises. When Jesus hung on the cross, he says, it is finished. That means I have done. You are fully living in covenant. Anything you ever need, everything you will ever need is already accomplished with the cross of Jesus Christ. See, right now in your DNA, in your DNA, you've been geared to overcome. You've been geared to conquer. You've been geared to win. You've been geared to vanquish, to be a champion, to slay. And, and you want to complain. Sharing feelings and sharing emotions is just one thing. But to meander in our mindless meanderings based on the lack of faith, the promises of God, is not going to get you. This is why God says, you know what? You're not getting anywhere with this. So stop your crying. He says in verse 15, he says, raise your staff. You have what you need, right? What do you have in your hand? 
Raise your staff. Now, to even prove it a little closer to home, we quote constantly Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, right? His divine power. We just read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. You know that scripture? According to his power that is at work out there somewhere. According to his power that is at work where? And who gave us that power? His divine power. Ephesians 3.20 says it's working in us. Heaven's plan. Heaven's dynamite. So anytime I feel low, just get back to the basics of the word. You see Bane? You know Bane and Batman? You're like... When you feel low, just like... Activate the power. Activate the power that is at work. Oh God, I'm just still waiting. I'm still waiting for your power. I'm like, that's insulting. Jesus died on the cross. He said it is finished. And you're still asking for something? I don't get. The menu's complete. We're not adding anything else. It's here. The mission always takes precedence. Stop your whining. Move on. Let's go. God has a call on your life. And how you feel is irrelevant. This is the word. I'm trying to push you. We have World War III at the cusp here, and we're still complaining. We're still whining. The world is about to position itself for the rapture. Man, stop your crying and move on. I already promised. God says, what do you have in your hand? Now, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 3, if you remember right after uh, uh, the burning bush you remember that you saw the cartoon he says what do you have in your hand he says, I have a staff he says throw it down a little weird but it turned into a snake he said grab it by the tail turn it into a staff but that staff represented his vocation that staff represented money his job his, his income his employment his retirement that staff represented everything in his life he did not go anywhere without that staff he said stop crying and raise the staff but before he lifted an instruction in Exodus chapter 14 verse 16 he said lift it up but before he lifted it up he had to lay it down there's got to be a process of submission I want to preach to thousands well first you got to be humble I want to lift I want to see this happen well first you got to take it easy and we need a toilet that's clogged and we need you to unclog it. Do that first. Because if you can be entrusted with laying it down, you can be trusted with lifting it up. I've never split the Red Sea before, Moses says, but let's try this. And I, and I love the scripture. When we look at it in Exodus 14.21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove back with the strong east wind and turned it into dry land. It's so amazing. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left. If, if that would have been, honestly, if that would have been us, we would have been like, yo, this is so amazing. <laughs> Hashtag crossing the Red Sea. Hashtag, I love Moses. Hashtag, I'm sorry for complaining. Hashtag, drag around. 
Hashtag res life. Hashtag chunk of tree was canceled. <laughs> Rescheduled. Sorry. Back up, back up, back up. Hashtag November 12th is a new day. Hashtag this is Ross's last service because hashtag he's, going, he's moving to Stanford. How much time can you do that? Hashtag Abby and David are back from their honeymoon. Man, they went on a three-week cruise. I'm like, excuse me. But this is, they walked through, one million people walked through dry ground through a path that was three miles wide. And then, this is the part that cracks me up, verse 24 and 25. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down on the Egyptians and threw it into confusion. <laughs> he made the wheels of the chariots come off. <laughs> he was like, boop, 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 boop. And, and through and, and they had difficulty driving the Bible says it's like when you take the wheels off of something you can't really drive your car so that's what God does he makes the enemy ineffective towards his attacks towards you that's what he does and if we just just not be afraid can we and, and if I could be honest with you sometimes I stay up late at night just afraid sometimes some of the things God's asked me to do he's littered me with I'm, I'm drenched in the promises of God but I still go I don't know like 2.30 in the morning nobody thank you thank you Ryan thank you. just every once in a while I'm like I don't know and God doesn't entertain that I don't know maybe I just need to fact. he doesn't entertain because that's he doesn't entertain anything that's kingdom that's not kingdom what he does is entertains your faith. He answers your ability to trust. And sometimes when my faith is about to crumble, I still have the trust. I know it's going to happen. I just don't know how. God is for you. He's not against you. So, Jesus is coming back soon. We have two people give their lives to the Lord. And your life is never going to be the same. So can you do me a favor? No fear. It's not even, oh God, just pray that I get delivered from fear. But that was done already. Before you were born. All you have to do is slip into it. That's why you were born and you have to be born again because you were born wrong the first time. So you saying, God, please help me to receive salvation. God's like, well, just, it's yours. God, help me to receive freedom. It's yours. God, help me to receive healing. It's, it's a gift. God, help me to be free from fear. Well, go ahead. You don't have, you don't need permission when you have a promise. And the promises of God are yes and amen. So that you can walk in confidence. I don't walk in fear. Sometimes I'm afraid, which is different. Sometimes I'm filled with different but even in my doubt I make sure take a step forward some of you have decisions to make that you haven't made oh I felt that hit and some of you are about to stop something midway can I have 30 more seconds thanks
doesn't count because I'm prophesying now. I'm done with my sermon. <laughs> it doesn't count because I'm prophesying now. Some of you are about to quit something you started. And I really feel a heavy sense in God is asking you to start something, but you haven't because you're afraid and you're, you're living in fear and you're looking for another confirmation. And God has already confirmed it 10 times. You need to jump in that. you see today you will never see again go do it if you think about it too long if I think about it too long I won't do it because it won't make sense but faith is the logic of the spirit and faith doesn't have a backup plan faith does not have a plan B and the spirit of the Lord says move forward the spirit of the Lord says stop complaining and let's go ahead and do this so father in Jesus name thank you for this moment Thank you for, there's a heavy mantle on this church. There's an anointing on this church. There's a heaviness on this church that now resides in an increasing manner that now resides in a more obvious manner. And the things that are going to come at you, the instructions that are going to come at you, the mission that is going to be clear, made clear to you, is going to happen this moment, says the Lord. It's going to happen. And God is going to missionize your heart missionize your eyes and all of a sudden things are going to be clear not clear with 2020 prescription but clear with the trust of heaven and heaven's perspective in Jesus name the only thing that matters now ladies and gentlemen is the mission the only thing that matters now is the mandate of heaven on this church come on we call out pastors we call out teachers we call out prophets we call out apostles out of this group we call out evangelists we call out entrepreneurs from the crowd and then in the name of Jesus we shake off all the heaviness and we see God work in our lives in Jesus name ways of musicians we're closing we're closing with this song thank you for the 18 and a half minutes God bless you. A couple of lessons. You're free. God worked powerful.